Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today, we're going to be discussing The Craft and Jennifer's Body. <laughs> How's it going, John? It's going well, thanks. How are you doing, Mer? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Justine? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> so, we have a special fourth guest this evening. Hi, I'm Justine. I'm the fourth guest. Thank you. We're excited. She was on another episode of ours for uh, for Midsummer, actually. Yeah. So what? Uh, so which one should we talk about first, John? What do you think? What do you think? I think we should start with the craft. I I feel like we'll probably have more to say about the craft than Jennifer's body. Yeah. So it's a good place to start and then kind of round it out. Right. So we'll do like a nice fifty-minute segment on the craft and then ten minutes of us talking about Jennifer's body. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the craft has more stuff to kind of dig into they really yeah. were yeah. were heavy on the symbology and then getting into the occult and some of the witchcraft mm-hmm. i've never seen this movie and i loved every second of it same oh. fantastic i love this movie i remember watching it for the first time in like middle school and like that was it for me after that i knew what i had to be <laughs> her path was chosen uh, yeah, her, it, was, it was written in the script <laughs> well well so so the movie the craft starts off with sort of like a it's kind of got like a mean girls vibe to it at the very beginning you know sort of like the same kind of plot points are hit you know new girl shows up from outside of town and comes to this new school she's been homeschooled all her life it's the almost the exact same like but came out before that movie just got to stipulate that oh yeah mean girls took a lot of stuff straight from the movie Legit. and put it like that. The scene where they walk down the hallway. Oh yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. It, they cut it and made it shot for shot in mean girls. I want to know like what, it, sorry, what was everyone's original? Like, what did you think of the movie? Like overall? Well, I personally loved that movie. Um, although it was like very cheesy and, you know, very Hollywood, I still feel like it was entertaining and, you know, they tried to be uh, somewhat accurate. And I really appreciate that, but I wouldn't say they give witches a good name. No, no, not at all. I would say, well, from what I understand of like of witchcraft and Wiccan and those those concepts, it it really much, very much followed those ideas though, and those terminologies and those uh, like the um, like the the concepts that are present in those were very present in this movie, and they tried to be as accurate while also maintaining uh, a. How would I say it? It, it making it accessible to people who are outside of that. Oh, definitely. Like, honestly, a lot of uh, witchcraft stuff is kind of boring. It's very, I mean, it's all nature based and not that many people find nature too interesting. So they had to do something to make it a little more, you know, up the ante. Make yeah, it interesting exactly. for the common people. <laughs> um, uh, very, very, very pagan in the way that they approach things. So it's like very like nature based and whatnot. So you have all of those those sort of things i do i definitely really liked how it focused more on so in like in like a high school which is kind of interesting because that's kind of both of the films we analyzed were both set in a high school sort of setting which is female leads yeah and and female there we go also the female lead so john what do you think about the craft though it's probably one of those films that set the standard for a lot of other films that followed so just the way that they wrote the script the age group but that was also a director who would make stories about younger girls and kind of their coming-to-age stories. But in this case, it was different because they were all part of witchcraft, which was real. It wasn't like they were just uh, doing things in 
other things might happen. They had like direct results from the rituals they're performing. Yeah, I, I definitely liked how, how the rituals played out for them as well. As in like when you put energy out there, you get that energy back. It is a very much a give and take. And also like what what you do comes back to you and may not always be like you may not always get exactly what you wish for. Yeah, absolutely. That's like in essence karma, which exists in all types of cultures. You yeah. know, what you put out into the world comes back to you. And that's definitely something to make note of as the witches are going about casting their spells in the movie like what are their intentions for what they're asking for is it of pure intention is it trying to get power is it selfish that definitely plays a big role in the outcomes of the movie i for one uh really enjoyed the movie um i've been like a little familiar with like occult things for a while it was very nice and very subtle so it's like hey you know like your preconceptions of things are you know they're kind of, like, fucking dark. But we're going to, like, try to make it, like, seem, hey, it's not all fucking dark. You know, like, we have very, like, nice spells. You have spells that can change your hair color. Like, we have yeah. shit that's, like, super fun. I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's, like, it's super cool because they also connect it to a lot of things within, like, the Zodiac. And, like, um, just, like, being, living on Earth, like, the North, East, West, and South. Just, like, all these regular, everyday things that are, like, among us. But, like, they, they play it subtly to, like, work to its advantage. Because, like, for people who care about that stuff, it's like, oh, dude, this is sweet. I actually understand this. I could get behind it. For others that are, like, peering in and they don't understand it, they're like, well, it's not as bad as fucking, you know, decapitating a goat and drinking its blood. Oh, most definitely. So, like, for me, it was like, oh, I, I really under I could understand some of these concepts. And it's, like, really awesome. Like, one of my favorite parts was uh, how they're like, hey, there's this, like, god not really a god but like an entity that we follow like manos is that what it's called menon menon yeah menon and they're like if uh that's a french word Man menon menon oh. <laughs> oh oh my goodness <laughs> so so i love how they're just like oh hey like is this like do you guys worship the devil they're like nah 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 if god and satan were playing a ball game like menon would be the fucking baseball field and i was like that's really cool i've never heard of menon it was very, uh, very grounded in how it in how it discussed witchcraft and whatnot. Whereas a lot of movies that discussed discussed occult themes tend to go more towards the realm of human sacrifice and drinking blood and like you know basically and like they 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 they, they uh, what's the word for it? They like I guess they cheapen it by throwing in just like oh we just murder someone and get what we want kind of deal out of the whole we sacrifice someone or we give up you know life in some way. Where and it's not really. It, it, it's it's more grounded it's more it's closer to the reality of the ideas when it's like rituals more so to bring about uh, equilibrium within yourself or those around you i would imagine anyway yeah they they even mention um in a bunch of articles and things about the film that they were really careful about how they were portraying uh the witchcraft the, the rituals and things like that they even had a consultant on set to make sure it wasn't disrespectful or rude so it was something they considered and it probably made it more approachable because you could uh, like you said you can understand what was going on and you didn't need to know too in depth what they were reading and whatnot oh was it was there a uh, did you read that in a book i was uh, trying to find some stuff that on one that. was from an article they interviewed the director and then the writer oh, okay. and they asked them about why they had done things a certain way and so they explained that they didn't want it to be like you like mitch mentioned where they just have ritual sacrifice and there's a lot of blood and it's violent they wanted to go a different direction with it while also showing the story of the four girls. 
So, the movie opens up with New Girl coming to school. I forget the characters. I forget every single character's name in all the movies we watch. Sarah. Sarah. Yep. Thank you. Sarah's the one that comes in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Sarah comes to school. She uh, finds basically this group of kind of, they're kind of like misfit, misfit girls in this, in this college, or not college, in this high school. They're not really, uh, they're, everyone kind of seems to avoid them, use them as like the devil worshiper girls that hang out over there. Um, there's a, there's an interesting they're shot. They're so goth. They're, yeah, they're all wearing like goth, black yeah. all the time. They look so different from mm -hmm. all of the school uniforms that people are wearing. I mean, the opening music of this is, is 90s as fuck, let's be honest here. Like, it is, like, the most 90s movie. I adored the soundtrack for this yeah. movie. Yeah, it was really good. Mm -hmm. But, like, when she, like, right, like, arrives at the school, it opens up with that Smith song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a cover of that Smith song, though. I don't think it's the original one. It's doing, uh, it's doing, uh, fucking that one Smith song. Yeah. The, uh, Good job, Mitch. Oh, my God. I know. I'm really slipping on my Smiths right here. I love here, the Smiths. You but continue. I can't. I'll find it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks, Mer. Technology. Yeah. I'm. Uh. But it does open up with her coming to their new house. Yep. And she's trying to, you know, move in, settle in. And you forgot to mention the homeless man. Oh, yeah. The homeless man with the chases around with the snake. There's a man that chases around with a snake. Like, would you like a snake? And then the dad comes in and chases him out with an, like an iron poker. You know. I feel like there's a lot more significance with him, but I just don't. I couldn't tell. Uh, the snake. The snake is a, is a symbolic in. It can mean a, a. I've heard the snake can represent wisdom. It can represent something. It can, it depends on what culture we're looking at. Like snakes, Justine. I feel like in this case, the snake is sort of represented as, like, temptation. Mm. You know? I think it also, of course, does lead to knowledge, because, you know, then she gets involved with a couple witches. But I think, essentially, like, the premise of the snake is to represent the temptation that she'll face once she goes to this brand new place, you know? Yeah. Um, the snake is brought up multiple times in the movie as well. Like, there is, there's a snake in the beginning. Um, when they go and they use animals, they use like the small, like the fish. And they when they go to the ocean, the beach, and they are calling their corners and everything. They all bring a specific animal with them, whether it's like a butterfly. I think a butterfly is one of them. It's a, I think a butterfly, or it's a bird, or it's both. It is a, it's a, it's a, it's a couple animals. It's yeah, but well, I mean, it's a bird, a little clownfish, a snake, and then I, I think it's a butterfly. It's an insect. It is a butterfly. It's definitely a butterfly. Some yeah. winged insect. Yeah, um, maybe a moth. So the song that you mentioned is How Soon Is Now. Yeah! It is a cover by some dude. Do they cover most of the songs in that movie? They they might have. I, have I no felt clue. like a lot of them were not quite right, and I think right. it was because they were covered, and then they just had it's some like, random band come in and sing the song. Ooh, that guitar tone is it's not It's really weird. Perfect. Not the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the voice isn't uncanny. the same. It's not, it's not a Morrissey voice. Yeah, that's probably what it was. That threw me off. That definitely threw me off for sure. I was just like, this is a Smith song. Kinda. Where's my crying That's English man? Yeah, exactly. Where's the sad English man? <laughs> I wanted to talk about some main pieces of the film, not only the writing and sort of the narrative, but also the cinematography, even the acting on its own, because oh, this yeah. had so much, uh, like it wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't this cast, especially uh, Fruza Bulk as, as Nancy, who just had, like does a crazy performance the whole time through. Oh, yes. She loves her every scene. Like her yeah. eyes have so much ferocity. 
It's awesome. You can tell there's something going on behind those eyes, too. Like, she's got, she's working out something. She's mysterious and evil. So troubled. A dark soul. So, troubled, yeah. Troubled, dark soul. Edgy. Yeah. Edgy <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. It's probably my, I've seen uh, Faroosh Bulk in a few movies, and she always kind of plays, like, a very minor role in those ones. She's never, like, a main role. And this is the first time I've ever seen her in a, in a really, like, in, like, main, like, as a main character in a movie and I was really impressed with it for the entirety of, of that film. She was sure. also really young mm-hmm. when she did this. Definitely. But she ended up going into a lot of films, a lot of TV shows, and she was pretty much a side character in most of the mm-hmm. things. I think it's probably just a place she really liked to be and, and enjoyed these characters. So she kind of went with that. But this, when this movie came out, it did terribly. Like oh, this one, like yeah. Jennifer's Body, no one really liked it. And then it gained a cult following after it was out for a minute. And then both of them have now been reviewed so many times, they're calling them both feminist films. They mm. had enough material there where they could pull from the articles and say exactly why it was. And it was because both of them explored a lot about the women in it, a mm. lot, pretty much how they handled them being younger and then getting older because of certain events. So they both kind of go through that. And I know there's those articles about whether saying it wasn't really a good film, but what did you guys think about it? Was it easy to watch? Like, was the narrative fine? Or was it just too campy or not really I, I worthy it, of that? I personally found it really easy to follow. There was no, I was not really that confused at all. I felt like the narrative followed, flowed really well. Um, I felt like the writing was, was decently solid for it. I didn't run out the many times where I was like, okay, I do not believe that that like pile of dialogue they just unleashed right there it sounded it was very grounded in how it analyzed like wiccan culture and things like that um uh no i, I don't really have much and it analyzed a lot of like little social issues and stuff like that which is pretty which can be kind of prevalent in some 90s themes as well such as like yeah i have to agree with mitch the thing is it was a very easy narrative to follow but it does it in such a way that like i felt like i was really watching something like i mean yeah mean girls exist but like the craft kind of did it a lot better, I will say. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when dealing with the themes about racism, like trying to tackle that, trying to be like, hey, you know, there's some social issues. Like, it is very 90s aesthetic. And so the thing is, like, I was trying to put myself in the shoes, just like, hey, imagine seeing this in the 90s. It's like, I'd be down, but at the same time, like, it's a, per- it's just, it's just, it's just really good. I yeah, don't know how to was, really yeah, put it, it in the words. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, I, I, the entire time I was just like, I really like this movie, and like, I'm like, I have no problems with it. The cinematography's great. Like, the characters are driving it, and they're like killing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a good narrative. I don't know really how to put it into words other than that. I just enjoy it. Yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun with it. There's a lot about. Well, the thing is, I don't, I may not have as much attachment to like to like Wiccan ideologies and like that entire like scope of religion either i just understand very like surface level amounts of it maybe going only like ankle deep in my knowledge on it and whatnot yeah ankle deep just (laughs) just barely just barely there i haven't like fully fell in the pool you know absolutely it's a nice little uh intro it's an intro video yeah exactly I think I just really appreciated the movie. Well, one, I just thought it was really, like, really entertaining to watch. Like, there wasn't really, like, slow moments. It Something was always happening. Something mm-hmm. important was always happening, which I really appreciated. But I also really admired the fact that they made note of how there's, like, dual sides to every situation. Especially when it comes to things like witchcraft. I feel like when someone hears the word witchcraft... They tend to get, you know, the image of, like, the green lady with the warts and the pointy hat doing yeah. some evil shit to people. Mm-hmm. 
but you know there's also another side to that there's people who are healers and are trying to you know invoke some sort of spirit to do good for other people and i really appreciate it that they made a point to point out that there is two sides to every coin you know same like with any religion like there's tolerable christians and there's not so tolerable christians you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think that you're you're uh, the antithesis to um Faruja bulk's character to nancy right yeah nancy yeah, yeah i got that yeah correct yeah. i'm terrible with names um with nancy is the the woman that owns the like the magic shop that they go to or owns the the wiccan shop they go to she's yeah, my favorite that's, character uh, yeah. lirio lirio is the one that owns lirio the shop. there we go awesome yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed her character because she is very much sort of like a mentor that three of them don't really listen to as much. They kind of just do their own thing, and a lot of what they want is like very selfish in the end. I would say Lirio is kind of like Yoda, and then mm-hmm. Nancy's kind of like Palpatine. You feel me? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I love like what you're saying with the contrast. Like She's like, well, there's like – there's black magic, there's white magic, but really it just depends on the user. What are you using your magic for? Yeah, and the intention. The intention is the most important part of any spell because a spell is useless if there's no emotion and no intention behind it. Right. And the thing is, like, with, like, the basic – like, that's the thing, too. Like, a lot of spells are made with, like, basic just, like, mixing of certain ingredients and, like, repeating repeating uh, certain phrases. Yeah. And they made a, a really good point to, like, you know, show that. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Well, yeah, essentially, like, you know, the, the process of doing the spell is not the most important part. That's just sort of something for you to really, like, attach to, you know? It's like manifesting it physically, you know? Makes sense. But the most important part of any spell, like I said, is uh, just having a clear intention of what you want to see happen and then using the emotions behind that intention to fuel the spell into action. M- makes sense. Cause I, was, I was telling Mitch about this uh, last week. Um consciousness is energy yeah and the thing absolutely is like, if you like really think and you think like oh i'm sick like i'm really sick right now next day you're gonna feel like shit yeah. and if yeah. you're like hey actually i feel okay i think i can get better you're gonna feel better the next day and that's kind of like what the girls did in the movie like in the one scene where uh the man with the snake the homeless man reappeared on the streets and was chasing after the main character sarah and <sighs> All of the girls just saw it in their head. They willed for the man to get hit by a car, and it happened. And it's just sort of uh, an example that that's the true power of the spell is the intention. Like, they, oh, my God, did, yeah. did you think he was going to die? Like, I, yeah, I thought he was going to fucking other. die. Yeah, they and were all like, on Yeah, yeah, I was, I was picturing getting hit by a car. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that, and I was like, damn. Re- real world, uh, some other real world, like, outside of film, like, ideas that I come to mind when I think of this is when you enter a room and you say, like, this energy is really off. Like, everyone, you can yeah. tell something, someone just had a big fight in front of this group of people, or you can just feel, like, the silence out of the room sap out, and you can just feel that sort of energy that's in that room for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's almost like everybody, when they are in a room together, share a mind. Like, we talk about this a lot in my classes, uh, the mind of the room, you know. It's same as, yeah. like, the vibe of the room, the energy yeah. that's produced by all the people in the room. Yeah. Uh, the other one I would think of is I would, going back to Mer's idea of when you're sick and you either will yourself into illness or you will yourself – you can also will yourself out of illness sometimes because if you're feeling, like, really shitty the day before going into work or something along those lines, you're like, oh, I might get sick. But you're like, no, I'm not going to get sick. <laughs> and then you end up – you end up fine afterwards and you just kind of work through the day and just you will yourself out of it so consciousness definitely is a driving force and is energy yeah absolutely that that also like uh, sometimes i think about that as well like um people's basic idea of prayer 
like many people having a single thought that could also the thing is like i also have this like big theory like what if religion was just made up around something that is just consciousness energy like you have people that pray that's multiple people you know putting their conscious energy to a certain degree oh please i don't want my grandfather to die there's 15 other people in the room they're like please don't let him die that has to have an effect on something the thing is i think people you know they they tend to to demonize spellcraft and witchcraft as well and they're just like hey this this is fucked we should not touch that but you know religion is totally fine (laughs) yeah spellcraft is really just prayer just under a different word exactly and i was just like this is it's just like i don't know man (laughs) religion like religion and spellcrafting and cults and all that they're very very similar shit i mean most of the abrahamic religions are actually based off of pagan ideologies i mean most of the holidays we celebrate were all originally pagan holidays like christmas time all that festivities that's yule season pagans Mm -hmm. celebrate that halloween is Samhain. the list goes on easter they're mainly just stolen from them yeah yep. stolen and then called a different word and given different deities to worship yep capitalism mm-hmm. <laughs> john what did you think of uh the craft like like we were asking well as far as religion goes they definitely had a more equal idea about it and weren't really going too far onto either side until they until they decided to show the sort of the good and the evil but they also tied that together with um, how the directors ended up writing the women that are in the film. Basically, they showed the two binaries for what they expect for most women in society, which is uh, they're either going to be very innocent and virgin-like and very light, uh, or they're going to be someone who people think are uh, like dirtier because they have sex more often, they're more open about their sexuality, things like that. So you had those two type of women in both of the films. So, so with the craft, you had Nancy versus Sarah, and then in Jennifer's body, you had Jennifer. And was her name actually Needy? Let's just call her Needy. Yeah, that's her nickname. Them but two, but them two against each other, and and it sort of showed I didn't even the path for each one, and sort of what are the consequences of acting this way, even though both of them are so um, restricted to those specific things that it doesn't even fit anyone really. Mm-hmm. So the the movies ended up becoming more parody than anything else at certain points, especially towards the end. Interesting read on that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the entire time I was watching both, I was like, this kind of seems like it's playing off of a parody style. Um, more so with uh, near the ending of The Craft and honestly throughout the entirety of Jennifer's body. Yeah, that last battle in The Craft was very, very Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, so Hollywood. I actually love it. Um, I thought it was one of the first time I watched it. Honestly, I was pretty terrified. Got to admit, I hate yeah. snakes. Well, I love snakes, but I hate that many snakes in one spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> some Indiana Jones fear. How do you have yeah. like maggots billowing out of like toilets and whatnot, and like okay. out of your the biggest spiders thing for me is like cockroaches, the roaches. Like that's some oh. straight fear factor shit right there. Yeah, exactly. Joe Rogan, where are you hiding? I know for real. <laughs> yeah, where the cameras at? <laughs> at first, they definitely they definitely took it. They definitely uh, were very grounded, and then they definitely escalated towards the end of the movie. I would definitely agree with that. Absolutely. For sure. My biggest thing, I, I told Mitch, like, right where we were watching, I was like, dude, I'm kind of like, I'm a little scared. Like, the yeah. part where they, like, the part <laughs> where they, like, get to the point where, like, A, your family, like, they went they went on a flight to go, like, look for you. 
because they heard that you ran away. I was like the meanest fucking prank. Yeah. Like they were and like, oh, your parents are fucking dead. And then <laughs> bam, just you, a prank. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? I, yeah, the cut, first time though yeah. watching it, I thought they were actually fucking dead. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, yeah. like too, you cut to the like, TV. Thing. No survivors from this plane crash. I was like, yo, that's some fuck shit right there. Yeah, like, why would you do this? <laughs> Like, um, I, like that, that moment, I was like, yo, Mitch, like, I, I don't know, man. This is kind of getting a little spoopy. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely getting spoopy. Yeah, they definitely ramped up ra- ramped up everything uh, towards the very end of the film, for sure. Um, a lot of the a lot of the spells play out in very interesting ways, too. The love spell is uh, is a particular one that's that stuck with me. That was a very we should definitely talk about that because the love spell was just them becoming obsessed with you. Yeah, exactly. And it then wasn't... at some point it could get really extreme when like he basically was gonna rape her. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, whoa, what the fuck is happening here? It, it wasn't it wasn't love that she invocated, it was obsession and uh infatuation. Oh, in fact, thank you. Infatuation. Yeah, and infatuation. Well it was also sure. just sort of one way. Like yeah. she wasn't nearly as into him as he was because yeah. he was completely in love with her. It's mm-hmm. very intense too, because he's just like, I don't understand it. I can't eat, I can't sleep. But all I think about is you, and his face is just priceless. Like yeah. mm-hmm. he's just dumb. <laughs> like I there's really so love many that, like mind control scene though, when I think they went to like mass or communion or something like that. Oh my God. And she was like, "Can you take my bags? Can you take our books? Okay, well, sit she, here. She Watch. Be quiet." And her yeah. fr- his friends are like, "Yo, dude, what the fuck? Like, get, over, <laughs> get over here! What are you doing?" He's like. Looking like a little bitch boy. <laughs> I love how she like puts the bag over his neck. She's like, "Oh yeah, and and uh, Bonnie's bags too. She has a bad back, you know." She's like, "Yeah, I got you." I think we should probably go through like all four of their spells. Yeah, no, it's very telling to who they are as and characters. Like, um, we should probably talk about how uh, they also do the spell as well mm-hmm. because I love the. I just love the idea of like four, you know, fucking women just going out into the middle of the woods. Drinking wine and just fucking doing spells in the middle of the fucking area. Wine and blood. Yeah, it's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. They they put their own blood into it, right? Yeah, I was like, I it? was like, dude, where are these people in my life? Like, I may or dope. may not have done something like that. Ooh. <laughs> With another member of the audience. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yes, we have a live studio audience today. Yeah, Hi. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Maddie. <laughs> Mitch, your hair is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. You look like a blue jay. <laughs> Dude, that's okay. Blue jays are cool. I agree. They have like sick ass hair. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So, how they do the spell? What was so? What What was the first spell technically? The love spell. The love spell was, was the it. First the love one. spell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we already, which and then after that, it was the the skin. Don't they figure out how to levitate someone first? That's oh. not really, but it's not that really. That was like, like an in between thing. That was yeah. like a side quest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like same with like the hair changing one as well, the illusion spell, oh. and then the uh, and then the uh, they play the game, the the trust me game, the trust me, and then you can I can't I can't remember the the chant that they do. Oh well, that was essentially like initiation into their circle. Oh yes, there we go. So in like which world? Um, a circle of witches is more powerful because they always they use energy from each other basically and that's like a coven and so what they were doing was essentially like initiation into the coven mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah and uh, it's it's just a test of trust really super super silly uh really nerdy um uh tr- tangent i'm gonna go on for just a second 
is that uh, hags in in D anD D actually operate <laughs> off of a uh, off of a coven, and their spells get weaker if there's less witches in their coven. Yeah. So whenever they get rid of a witch, their 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 spell levels drop. They're able to cast less things because the coven is smaller. So that's an interesting thing that the game actually took from real stuff. Accurate. Yeah. But cool. I mean, I think the same goes in any like group of people. Like, more people tend to like have more energy between them than smaller groups. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense too. So they're drawing off of that. I do like how uh, they connected. Like, because the thing is that there's the initiation, right? That little trust thing. Yeah. And um, they're like, oh yo, she's the fourth piece. Nah, we don't need a fucking fourth piece. We're three. We're strong. And they're like, no, no, no. North, east, southwest. You know. Mm-hmm. Fucking earth, wind, fire, water. We need that. And they're like, nah, nah. I love how they're like, the almanac says that something will be coming today. I love how they like go through that old school fucking almanac. Yeah. I talk about horoscopes and shit. Because like I always see it at fucking Rite Aid. I'm like, should I pick you up? I have no ha. clue. Do it. <laughs> if it calls to you, pick it up. I don't know. The beer is calling to me a little bit more. I feel that. <laughs> Murr standing in like the the beer aisle with that little little stand of books next to it and he's just like beer almanac <laughs> beer almanac yeah t- tell me how the crops are gonna do this year boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not looking so good <laughs> yeah um so the first spell that was the love spell the second one was when they all get together right well, well, the second, like... Because uh, they, they each go through a spell yeah. each for oh. them personally. They ask for something to uh, help them. And I think the second one was Bonnie. And she had the skin condition. She had burn scars all over her body. And so she wanted those gone. Yeah, and she... I don't think they explain this in the movie. I, I had to see a video about it. I guess she was a burn survivor from a fire. Yeah. And, like, she's going through intensive, painful, like, re... Like I don't know. de-scarring or reconstruction or yeah. nerve or probably like nerve therapy and whatnot and it, for yeah, her back. it looked like they were trying to regrow the skin because with mm-hmm. like that kind of burn, you know, the skin cells are dead there. And so I think they were injecting something underneath the scars to basically like uh, uh-huh. regrow the skin that had died there. And she looks so painful in these yeah. scenes. Like yeah. She's like, they're like, oh yeah, this procedure might work. It might do something. And but. she's just like, mom, really? She's like, it's a maybe, baby. Yeah. Maybe baby. <laughs> um the interesting thing with that is that she she does they do the ritual, they perform the spell, she ends up uh the scars do end up getting removed and falling off during uh, one of the procedures, but the drawback that she gets is she becomes really vain. Like upset like like obsessed like you know, like like her shit don't stink now all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> comes in wearing a a short sleeve shirt, and everyone's like, "Oh, bon- Ooh, Bonnie. Hello, yeah. Bonnie!" Which, which, which makes Who's sense. She? But it really, it really plays into the fact when they're driving down the road, and when they're driving down the street in the car together, and how nobody wants to listen to Sarah at all. Yeah, like nobody wants to listen to Sarah's warnings or Sarah's ideas of like maybe we should be more careful with what we're doing. Maybe we should be more cautious. And none of them really want to listen. Um, and so that's just a, one example: is that Bonnie doesn't. Like becomes more vain after getting beauty back, essentially. Yeah. What yeah. what what did you think of you know Bonnie's transformation, John? Uh, they were all sort of going through the same thing. So because of what they had asked for it was really big, um, they put a lot of energy out to get it. The consequence was really big for them, and so a lot of the time it meant that they were going to act a certain way because of uh 
because of what they had requested. Um, exactly. I agree with you on this. Um, the f- what was the what was the third spell? The third spell was what is her name? That was Rochelle. Rochelle, thank and you. And she had a problem with a racist. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. That, that was a gnarly bitch. ass. That fucking bitch. Yeah, that bitch. Yo, for like sure. she straight up dropped the N bomb and everything. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I didn't think she was actually gonna do it, but she had the she audacity. Did. I looked at her and I was like, Oh, that's a white person that's gonna say some racist shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I called it. I was like, I was like, oh, she's gonna. Oh, she did. Oh no, that's. Oh. And the thing is, Rochelle. How I fuck? didn't feel bad for her. No, she, I, like, I don't. No, not in, no, <clears throat> not no. in the slightest. Nope. she I, was super mean, <laughs> really mean. Pretty. I don't know. Up, like man. the thing is, like, she's like trying to like downplay Rochelle's hair, but she has like this dope ass curly hair that's yeah, like killing it. Her hair was gorgeous. It yeah, was. it's gorgeous. If anything, I, she's just you, jealous she can't get her curls the, like that. The yeah, exactly. And I spent so I had seen that actress in another movie, also and jealous. I strained the whole fucking movie and kept interrupting it for her. That white woman is jealous because she didn't smoke weed with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she half plays because she, she plays Mary Jane in Half Baked, and I didn't realize that until like I had to look it up because I was like, I've seen oh. her somewhere. Yeah, like my father was a drug dealer. Oh, that's fucking sick. No, it was awful. It ruined his life. What's your name? Mary Jane. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, but that's that's a silly tangent. I just I just but the way yeah. that it plays the way that it plays back though is interesting because she uses a spell to like gain like direct vengeance on somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of and that's kind of I'm trying to see what the what the movie did as a drawback on her because because everybody's spell somehow backfires mm-hmm. in a way. And I'm trying to figure out what Rochelle. I think it's just she felt bad at some point. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I, I she had to know witness the deterioration. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why she felt bad either. She's almost but... completely bald by the end of the movie. Yeah. Maybe it's because she just she sort of feels empathy though because she. Yeah. Because I know. really appreciate the fact that with her spell is you know before anything even really got started she said that nothing will happen to her if she's you know nice to me, mm-hmm. but she continued to do what she did and so that's when the spell took action and so i feel like she really had a lot of empathy more than any of the other characters mm-hmm. yeah. but you know not everybody's that nice regardless of how nice you are yeah, yeah exactly there, there is that scene where like she's like finally coming to like the shower and she's like it just won't stop coming out and she like has this look like fuck this is all me i did that yeah and Ugh. she's kind of she kind of like you can tell she sort of feels bad about it so i guess really that that's really the only thing is she yeah, just feels just guilt ter- that's yeah, it. she just is uh, accosted with guilt. Yeah, and that's the the main thing. And then we've got we've got wonderful. Uh, was it Nikki? Nancy. Nancy. Yeah, the fucking got star. Nancy straight up wants possession. Dude, she's cr- she wants awesome. to like be. Yeah, she is awesome. She wanted power. Yeah, that's her drive. Absolute power. Yeah, um, the power of Menon. I love yeah. how she gets struck by a lightning bolt for her power to work. Too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, didn't she? Oh yeah. Wait. No, she did have to get struck by lightning for mm-hmm. her to. And uh, then she just comes out, basically, fucking walking on water. Like I have the like power. Like Jesus. Of, I have the mm-hmm. power, of Manon. How do you yeah. say it? Manon. Manon. <laughs> Manon. Manon. Yeah. Oh, also, like they go to the what's the tutor's name? The the lady that has the the store. Oh, Lirio. They go to Lirio's store. She's like, I want this book. She's like. That's like some pretty dark shit, baby. Like, you know, that's some pretty heavy stuff. She's like, I want this book. She's like, okay. 
I hope you know what you're getting into. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. <laughs> and she actually has money because for once, yeah, because yeah. she, you know, Fuck. Uh, murdered her stepdad. Was it? She didn't murder. The universe well, murdered. The universe murdered her stepdad. <laughs> it was a divine heart attack. But yeah. you know. Intention. Uh, she said a bunch of repeated phrases to him. And she then he definitely died. gave him a heart attack after he tried to beat her mom. Yep, yeah, absolutely. No, and that makes total sense. He's kind of a pervert too. He was a pig. Oh, yeah, dude. No. Yeah, no. I was like, I was like, who the fuck just grabs like a child like that? Like, I was hoping a, a, he was I mean, gonna die. I was like, when's this fucker gonna get off? Yeah, and then it's like in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like he grabs her ass. He's like, this is. I could practically see through this. And you're just like, guy, you're stop. Like, you're like, you're like <laughs> bruh, no. Like no, he's wearing the generic wife beater and just like drinking and smoking. I know it's got big ass beer belly, balding on top, hair around the sides, nasty, greasy. I mean, Ugh. The, I mean, when you get introduced to um uh, to Nancy's house home situation, it's like the power's out again. Mom just comes out going, "Where, where are you?" And I like, gave just, you the money to pay the bill. No. You didn't pay the bill. <laughs> I think she was yelling at her husband in that scene. Yeah, yeah she was. Yeah, she was. Not at Nancy. No, not at no, Nancy. No, not yeah, at yeah. Nancy. She but you just, know, she just you know, that. But that's how the scene opens, though. She comes yeah. home and there's already a fight brewing. There's water coming down on her head as she's yeah, smoking you can a tell cigarette. Her home situation is horrible, and you know, I guess I can understand coming from that situation why she would be so power hungry because she's pretty much felt powerless, you know, all her mm-hmm. life in that situation. Horrible parents, a bad living situation, just general hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, um, I do, I do love the scene. Like after, after they like find out that he had like a whole like pension plan that he'd saved, and they find out that they're just they just like got like a shitload of money. Yeah, they got happy real quick. Yeah, yeah they're not exactly. sad at all. It's no. fucking awesome. They're just like, like oh, hundred seventy five. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah, and this is like nineties, so accounting for inflation, like that. <laughs> That's a lot of money. They That's got a themselves a nice little money. penthouse suite. Yeah, exactly. I love their their walk up into it though. It's just like nineties goth fashion week yeah. for them. As soon as they walk in, they got all the shades and the black and the fairly like Mugler slash McQueen. <laughs> yes, I yes, I don't understand all those references, but yes, you got it. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was uh, very, very spicy and I dug it a lot. $175,000 in the year that this movie was made is around 2.8 million. Thank you. Thank you, Murr, for the calculations. Yeah. I know. I was like, it's probably like what? 500,000. Like that's like, a good chunk no. of money. No. 2.8. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, no wonder her mom gets that jukebox with only one artist. <laughs> right? Whenever. I- Wait, was that a real artist? Is that a real person? Well, I, don't, I have no the idea. Artist what- in that movie, I wasn't sure if they just made it up. It has to be though. like one of those. Just you know, like up, Jennifer's though. body has that fake bands. Like I thought. Oh, maybe I love they- that, that shit. Yeah, no, oh <laughs> Terrible <laughs> fucking band name. <laughs> fucking hate them. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets the power. Right? She gets the power. And she's just fucking going to town with it. She has the money. She has the power. Yeah, and she just goes on, like, low-key killing spree, you know. She didn't kill that many people, but she killed a few people. It's, what, it's notable. Enough. What's the what's the dude's name that, like, is interested in Sarah too much? Chris. Chris. I'm pretty sure it's Chris. Okay. Yeah, it's Chris. Man, he is, a, he is a global idiot, and I actually felt bad for him when he died. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Connie Francis is the name of the artist. Oh yeah, yeah Connie. Whenever Francis. I was a, when I was a little girl, I just dreamed box. about having a jukebox with just 
Connie Francis in there and that, nothing else. Uh, like, Connie Francis is legit. Is that, legit. She was an artist from the 60s. Cool. Well, shit. That's it. That's all I got. There yeah. you go. She's Th- got a thank lot you, of Thank you, Wikipedia. Stuff. No, just, uh, yeah, no. Oh, 59, dude. No, she came out in like 59. was like her first record, it looks like. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, but she's a real person. That's a real, real artist out there. Well, I mean, it's not like uh, how Jeremiah Sand was made up for Mandy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually did professional recordings for his songs and then mm-hmm. put it into the movie. It was mm-hmm. crazy. I want it on vinyl. I'm pretty sure you can buy it on vinyl. Don't you tell me that. I'm yeah, like yeah, you totally can. <laughs> well, because they made like four or five different songs, and they only used a few of them, so you could actually find that music. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so Nancy, she's power hungry. She's just on a killing rampage. Well, what? Sarah's crying. She explains to the gang how Chris was just like almost about to rape her. Yeah. So she's like a. Hey, time to go on revenge spree pretty much mm-hmm. she sh- she shows up to this party in this huge house oh and it's the most that? iconic yeah. scene in the movie with the tongue nancy shows up and she's just you know doing nancy she's doing her thing love her yo nancy's here mm-hmm. what you're the doing fuck? great sweetie <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen too many memes of her just like yeah you know <laughs> doing the, the tongue, tongue thing. thing yeah the tongue thing there's so many iconic moments with her like especially that one line when they're getting off the bus for the first ritual that they do yes and the bus driver's like watch out for the weirdos out there we are the weirdos with, mister with the shades with the shades <laughs> yeah. uh, i fucking love that scene is impeccable yeah yeah most people i talk to about this movie i was just like what do you like about it they're just like i just like the aesthetic i'm like that's it and they're just like yeah yeah, they, they have, have a really good fashion point. sense. Yeah, all the characters had a very unique and specific style to them. And it followed in a kind of like a similar genre, but they're all very unique. You know, they had their own personal energy to each look. I love that. They were a different kind of goth. Yeah. yeah. I love that because, like, it just relates to the earth, wind, fire, water thing. They're oh, all different yeah. flavors of the earth. I wonder what their signs are. Justine, we're going to be here for like 30 minutes if we talk about their signs. I know, but Nancy's totally a Scorpio, or at least like an Aries. Uh, no, she's definitely a Scorpio. Like, everything that fucking relates to Scorpio, Nancy is. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sarah's definitely an Aquarius, so I see how they clash. Ooh. I honestly thought, like, she was a fire sign, but I could, I could see that. She's very, she's got a lot of brain to her, you know, but she's also got a little, like, uh, what is it? Bronze, I guess, too. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to figure out what Bonnie and oh shoot, Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what they were. Rochelle's a Taurus. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, li- I like swimming. I don't know about Bonnie, though. Maybe she's like a Cancer. But no, they need an air sign. Mm, no, no, yeah. fire. Oh, fuck. You see, that's the problem. Well, actually, we need- you know, I feel like, Bo- not Bonnie, uh, Rochelle might be more of like a water sign, especially because like her main she's scene. She's empathetic. Yeah, she's very empathetic. And then the main scene with her at the pool, you know, water, water signs. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Justine will be here for like an hour. Just be like, what do you think? Because this scene, she does so this. So what's her rising sign? Yeah. It's it's painful for me to cut this short, truly. Anyway. <laughs> Curse you, Mitch. Curse you. Curse. Please don't. You don't respect the craft. <laughs> no worries. Continue. 
There's a lot. To, well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot in yeah. this movie to discuss, but I mean, if we're going chronologically, we just went through all of the spells that they covered. You know, they're well, the going thing, to the party. Yeah. She goes for the uh, the oh, revenge. Oh yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, she transforms herself into Sarah. With she the, illusions yeah, herself the into illusion Sarah, spell. and then gets uh, the name of the jock dude. Chris, Chris Hooker. Curtis Hooker. Chris. Chris. Chris Hooker. Chris Hooker. Anyway, so Chris Hooker. What? When the hell do they say his full name? Did I miss that? It's right there. I have it up on the Google. On the IMDb, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I got the cast list up. Nice. So yeah, so she goes in there with Chris and starts starts doing stuff with him, getting all getting all getting all funny. Yeah, exactly. Just like there we go. Perfect. That was that was perfect. Uh, And then eventually, I think that uh, Sarah shows up into the same room, and then the illusion is revealed. And then she basically throws him out a window. Well, yeah, it was very intense. He's mm-hmm. just like, Nancy, you're like, hey, I know we've had, we've had some some times. We can have some more. And he's like, no, 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 I love Sarah. I, I can't do that. And she just does the little face swap. And like the the fucking effect is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty oh good. yeah for that. The time. cutting like composition is great for that. They they kill it for being in the nineties. Oh yeah, that is. Um, and he's like, oh. It's Sarah. All right, I'm down. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> I love Sarah. Like, like I mean, were there some scenes where you just look at Chris and you're just like, dude, you're either too fucking high or just something, man. Yeah, he yeah. Always, <laughs> his eyes, dopey. His eyes, he's zooted. Yeah, he's he's in love, man. I mean, I mean, I think that his the picture of him, his IMDb picture, I think actually looks more normal than he does in the movie. So it looks like they like literally told him like, you need to look like you're just high all the time. Oh yeah. So she. Nancy basically is just like, you know what, you're a pig. I'm over you. Like, stop this. Like, leave my friend alone. Kill you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what motivated her to kill him was that he actually like rejected her. Because rejected even after oh, rejected Nancy. Because yeah, even after she turned into Sarah, at some point I think um, Sarah came in, and then the spell wore off, and he said something to her. I can't remember exactly what he said. Was it he was sorry for something? Yeah. He, he's some sort of apology, and then she just went off on him and pushed him out the window. Uh, Nancy says in the beginning of the movie, "Oh, he'll he'll go after anything with tits." Basically, is what yeah. she says, and um, which has like a like a tinge of like upsetness over that situation and whatnot, as if like he's just not interested in her anymore, and she wishes that he was. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of Nancy's whole like mo throughout the movie is her jealousy is really what drives her. Like she was Andy. obviously jealous of Sarah when she showed up. Mm-hmm. She was the only one out of the group to really be like, no, I don't, I don't know if I trust this girl. You know, in the first scene when Bonnie comes up to her in class and says, "I found the fourth, You know, Nancy's the one that's skeptical about it because you know she was kind of the leader until Sarah came in and they're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this girl's amazing," and she kind of got pushed off to the side. Well, yeah, that's like totally sorry, Scorpio no, technique. Yeah, yeah, technique. Just like, a, I don't trust this at first. I gotta see for my fucking self. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry. It's just like you just like at the time, I'm just like, I've seen too many things where I'm just like, yo, Nancy is totally a fucking Scorpio. I'm like sure of it. Yeah. But she's a Scorpio for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm just terrible with reading people as signs. It's okay, you Libra. You'll learn one day. You'll learn one day. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. My uh, coworker just had his birthday today. He's a Libra also. He's just like, yo, dog. I hate it because I always have to fucking always got to compromise. Like I got to make everyone happy. Like, hey, you sound like my friend Mitch. He's also a Libra. 
It's Libra season. Oh, is it right now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because of the month. Okay. Also, about to be hey. Scorpio season. Will Moon make you go crazy? But that's the thing, like with this with this movie, it talks about like a little bit of that kind of stuff, you know, like with the you know the con- like the continental directions as well as yeah, you know, exactly. like um, the you know the elements. I love that they're all garnered to an element and a direction. It's really cool. Yeah, I I, I keep talking about it, but it's just the like watchtowers. Yeah, yeah, they they that's that's the best yeah, part. Guardians of the watchtowers. Yeah, the, you know. You know yeah. how it goes. Calling the corners. Calling the corners. Yeah. Yeah, so they each have, like, you know, their own little spell thing, and then they just kind of get pissed at Sarah because she's like, yo, guys, we should probably control ourselves. And then, like, Nancy's like, nah, check this out. You see that fucking light? Red. Nah. Green. And then yeah. it's like, you can't just, like, mess with the universe like that for your own, like, willy-nilly kind of shit. And what really set them off, I feel, is when Sarah did a binding spell on Nancy right after she had killed Chris. Yeah. And a binding spell is essentially a spell to prevent a person from doing harm to other people and also themselves. So, you know, it's kind of a, a neutral thing. But in Coven World, if you cast this spell against one of your fellow witches without telling them, that's a big no-no. That's betrayal, basically. And so that's what she ended up doing. And then things go sour from there. So that, that's a that's a thing that's tried and true then, huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, the thing is... Like, you can cast a spell on one of your fellow witches, but if they don't know about it, then that's a bad thing. And she didn't tell anybody about still, that. Even if it's a good spell? Even if it's a good spell, you Damn. know. It could still mess with what they're doing. I see. Cause, yeah. Because they're on their own path as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mitch was saying, is like, imagine a person with absolute freedom, like Nancy does, and mm-hmm. then having that stripped away, like, fuck no. Right. Especially after having a life that was so, you know, oppressed, basically being, like how Rochelle said, white trash. And then finally coming into some sort of power, then having someone try to take that away, like, you know how that goes. Right, right. Not going to be very happy about that. I mean, eventually, all of them lost their powers except for Sarah, right? It was very Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up, like, I was just like, dang. I was like, Sarah just became Ong right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, we lost our powers. Do you still have them? Maybe. Makes a tree branch fall. It's just like, no, that bitch don't have anything. And she's like, she just turns around. The clouds get dark. Some lightning, you know, casual. <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay, Rochelle. You'll be hanging with Dave Chappelle after this. <laughs> I know. Okay. You're doing yeah, like fine. This movie. <laughs> you're fine. Do you guys feel like the film ended well? Like, you like that ending? Or do you did you want something else to happen? You know, I heard that they're making a craft too. Bless! Oh my God, really? I someone told me that they're not making a two; they're remaking the first one. Really? For a modern audience, I'm guessing. I hope okay. they don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's the thing. Because they're rebooting that one, and they're also going to reboot Charmed. That oh, that, yeah, they already did reboot Charmed again. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! Okay, uh. third reboot. Ugh. Jeez. Just yeah. Like, all right. Well, we'll have to. Uh, I guess you know. You know. Uh, as uneasy as I am with remakes and reboots and whatnot, since we're getting a lot of those lately, it's always a matter of let's wait and see when it's out. Exactly. Because the thing happens. is, it could either be like you know, like a pet cemetery or an Evil Dead. Yeah. Exactly. Like you got. You got. To, I. I can't stand fucking remakes and reboots. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's There's like just very, new, very little that I could respect. But the thing is, like, with something with a craft. It, 
has to be done meticulously and point for point done right. Yeah, exactly. And make it for a modern audience that could, you know, really relate to it. Because the thing is, a lot of people nowadays, they're they're into their astrology. They're into, like, minor yeah, spells. Yeah, witches are definitely making a comeback. And I feel like it's only, like, understandable given the time. There's definitely been a big implication on the feminist movement of the modern times. And I feel like witches are very feminist, you know? It's strong females. Witches are inherently female, and witchcraft is more of a feminine thing. Yeah. And I think the thing is with this, like, remake, they're going to have to do it meticulously and correctly for people to really connect with it other than that if they don't they're gonna fall on their face and it's just gonna be like this is a cash grab i feel like they're gonna try to do what they did with uh sabrina the teenage witch on netflix they might go down that route very riverdale i love that shit i liked it honestly although it did get really cheesy towards the second season Mm -hmm. but i fucking love sabrina oh I, i loved how like they went for a completely different like tone change like, it's no longer yeah. the sitcom with the fucking talking cat. Yeah, Sabrina it's, was very, like, cutesy, you know, and yeah. it was, like, that live-action television show. They even show. had an animation TV show. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. I watched that as a kid. Yeah. But now Sabrina's, you know, hanging out with Satan. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, my lord, my lord, you know. I do the, everything I do for the lord. But well, not the lord. Well, yeah. Well, they took it straight from the comics that time. They, oh. even ha- they even have the comic intro in the beginning of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The new one? Yeah. Oh, okay. The new one, you get that. to see the comics that they pull from. So it was intended to be pretty dark to start with. Yeah, and I love that. The TV show kind of made something that was more approachable. So they had the weird funny cat that was always talking trash the whole, the whole time. <laughs> and then they switched it up and changed it to the darker theme that they have now. But it is it still plays like most of those shows do where like the main drama is like relationships and like whether or not they're going to be having sex and other things like that although it was weird because they're like teens but whatever yeah yeah but I, I guess like whatever though yeah the thing is like i if they went down that kind of path i would see it working really well but the thing is hollywood does not like to take its time and they don't like to take care of you know oh, no loved objects like the thing is like I was telling John like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It is such a perfect sequel that I can't understand. I can't understand why Hollywood can make more similar to that. I think it's because that one stood in like production hell for so long, waiting for like the person to come along and and really finish it so that it was actually a sequel. That's the thing. We needed the right person to make the craft part two or the the remake. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I love the movie though. And the thing is, if I would have known about this movie earlier, I, I still would have loved it. Um, they killed it. And I love yeah. how they have, uh-huh. like, some cheesy effects here and there. Like, the walking on water. And... The hand turning into snakes. <laughs> bit yeah. As oh, well. Man. The whole The whole ending, the whole ending, like, climax of, like, crazy amounts of spell casting going on with illusion and whatnot is... Oh, yeah. It was just, like, a badass trip. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, I really didn't enjoy the movie, though, all the way through. For the, I, I can't even really say that there was a part where I was like, nah, I didn't like that. The ending was pretty was pretty good as well. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty, a pretty good point. Like, she withholds powers from people who she believes don't deserve them. Yeah, I definitely feel like the power got properly distributed through the disbanded coven, you know? Mm-hmm. I only wish that the other girls had learned their lesson and had not, you know, just been awful and followers. Because I thought that, you know, Bonnie and Michelle had some interesting characters. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know, they, ultimately they were weak and that's why they lost their power because they didn't make choices for themselves. They followed what Nancy wanted them to do. And yep. so they suffered the same consequence and basically became powerless. Hey, sorry about, you know, 
thinking, you know, making you think your parents were dead. Sorry. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Whack. It was just a joke. It was a prank, you know? I kind of felt prank, like, <laughs> I kind of felt like none of them really had powers at all. I think Sarah was really the only legitimate one for a minute there. And then because of they brought her in, she shared some of that power with, with Nancy. I mean, she's the only one with the, like, the capability yeah, of like, she kind of is the only the one who gets it everything. done. Yeah, otherwise they weren't really doing much. They had been trying for how long before that? Yeah, and then things started working as soon as they got the fourth. So that's a good, that's a really good read on that. That maybe they never actually had powers to begin with. Maybe they were just basically siphoning off of Sarah, and Sarah allowed them to have those powers. Well, wow. it was it was interesting because uh, I read a bunch of work on it, like um, people and authors who were writing articles and reviews and things like that. And a part of that was they were shown to be stronger by being together and having that that solidarity with each other, especially amongst each other and their their peers in the same uh, high school and they were dealing with the same emotions, things like that. So to have each other, they were stronger. But then when they tried to go against each other is when they lost all their powers. And Sarah was the only one who didn't really betray any of her sisters and instead wanted to want it. She wanted to protect them. And so that's why she didn't really have like a consequence for what was going on. And then eventually they all lost their powers. I feel that the power was, you know, reasonably put to Sarah. Like I feel like she won't abuse it like Nancy did. At the same time, I also think like, you know, Nancy had a kind of terrible fate as well, though. Yeah, she, they all sort of had something that was bringing them to why they wanted to ask for certain gifts. Right. And the thing is, like, Nancy gets thrown into an insane asylum. Like, I have the power. He gives me the power. I could fly. I could oh, she fly. sounds absolutely nuts once they put her in that setting. Yeah, for real. Yeah, going through spiritual withdrawal. <laughs> Overall, I want to know, like, what were your thoughts on the film? Because we should probably talk about Jennifer's body soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt like it was interesting in exploring their relationship with each other and how they all had different um, wants and needs for why they entered into the witchcraft, but also they... They took a lot of time to explain that it was a lot of equivalent exchange for what they were doing. They weren't just going to put that energy out and not get it back. So it was a it was a nice mix of that. And then it gets really campy towards the end, which is always entertaining because that's when you sort of you want something to happen and you sort of lose a bit of interest in the film if it's too long. But this didn't feel like a two hour movie. It felt really quick. I yeah no that that pretty much sums up how I feel about it as well. I would say it was a good job of inter of introducing the characters, of analyzing their coven and how they all relate off of each other, and then it has a nice epic climax at the end that just goes completely fucking bonkers for sure. And that's about that's about, about what I think as well. Yeah, it was a very fun movie to watch. I agree. Um, somewhat factual, and like generally very agreeable as far as. The, the themes and the symbology that they brought up throughout the movie. I like the, the uh, connection between, you know, like old school lore and mod modern times. Yeah. Um, Some teen angst mixed in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like if you would have this power, how far would you actually go with it in your teens? Mm. And like it's it's a lot of fun. And the thing is, I was thoroughly entertained throughout the entire movie. And like near the end, I was a little spooked. But spooked. I did love it. And the thing is, I would love it if I saw it, you know, years ago. So the thing is, I think it's like a timeless classic that people could, you know, enjoy for sure um, when it comes to witchcraft and like 
uh, you know what it means to be in a, in a feminist film for sure mm-hmm. the cast kills it absolutely in every scene and nancy's fucking eyes yo <laughs> yeah and those eyes they, they kill <laughs> so by comparison then jennifer's body wasn't quite as memorable in your mind was hey. there was there maybe a reason why like do you think it was just not written well i mean it was it was written by diablo cody so that's like that's a pretty well-known screenwriter and they're really good <laughs> i think it's, it's a completely different vibe yeah it's it's a totally like, oh yeah this is yeah, jennifer's sure. bodies that movie you go with a bunch of your friends to the theater and you like laugh at it the whole time because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's trashy and entertaining. And yeah, exactly. It's so two thousand nine. It oh yeah, it. it's fucking awesome. You got like people in fedoras, panic at the disco posters and Fallout Boy posters. I, did, I didn't expect Chris Pratt to be the small role that he was in. In that, that movie. was great. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you're all pretty much in agreement that the movie was trashy. Yeah. Why, oh yeah. Why was it trashy? Explain. Okay. See, the thing is, every person I asked. I was just like, yo, we're going to be talking about the craft and Jennifer's body. And like, oh, the craft. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what about Jennifer's body? You're, you're going to talk about Jennifer's body? Really? And I was like, what, what's so wrong about it? I was just like, they just look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I mean, the movie itself is just sort of like, I, I honestly think that it just, it was too like in your face with a lot of things. Almost to the point of, almost to the point of like trying to figure out like, a good way to say this it's in a so bad it's good way same with like troll 2 and yeah shit. Yeah, yeah there there you go i guess i guess you could put it on the troll the troll 2 vibe as well but it was just kind of like it just legit was just kind of there's some funny lines in it but it's something that i laugh at i'm not legitimately scared at all when i watch it yeah it's like i feel like just the whole movie kind of felt like a joke to me and i'm not sure if everything was supposed to be a joke and i feel like that was the problem is that they didn't pull off whether they were joking or not yeah like should this be taken seriously yeah are you yeah exactly and it's not i guess the build-up to the punchlines weren't as good or weren't as well uh uh, not perceived but presented and it just kind of felt like gore porn to me honestly like you just went to go see the hot girls do their thing and then see a lot of blood and carnage yeah exactly yeah making out with blood all over that was like the highlight of the movie was the blood and the sex honestly Yep, pretty much. That was pretty much what it was. I think that I've seen this movie a long minutes. time ago, and that was kind of the highlight as well, from what I remember. <laughs> my 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 initial interest in that movie was definitely just like, oh wow, like hot girls doing stuff. I guess I could like check that out. That might be. A Didn't thing. they put it into the trailer? Is oh why, yeah. Is why people oh, yeah. knew about it. They're like, oh, yeah. oh okay, all right. And then oh, yeah. they watched I mean, like an I mean, hour and a half of the film. Like when the hell? <laughs> Megan Fox was literally a sex symbol at one point, like for like a short stint of time. Oh yeah, that was after she did like Transformers and yes, shit. Because that's how they played out her literally character. Literally, what it was. She's hot though. No lie. Yeah. Not hey. not 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 disputing this. Not disputing this. Just saying that's kind of like what they presented it as. And when I when I watched it, I was kind of like, "Who the fuck is this dumb band?" Like, <laughs> like, like the cold, like the low, low shoulder, shoulder, garbage. Anyway, garbage shoulder. Anyway, <laughs> more like trash filled shoulder. Hey, <laughs> I, I love how I love how they're just like, "Wow, you're like kind of like a little bit of an established band. Like, why would you come out? You know, we just love going out to these shitholes and fucking nobody towns and just you know doing our thing." Donald Trump, is that you? <laughs> Oof. They're just, um, they're just like, 
oh, that's so respectable. I love this band. He's just called. I love how he also like forgets the name of the town. Yeah, yeah. He's he just like, what is what is the town called? It's called remember. Devil's Kettle, I think. Yeah, Devil's yeah, Kettle. He's like because Devil's of that. Lake. Yeah, Devil's Lake. <laughs> yeah, Devil's Lake. That's right. That's right. He really does. Um, I like. You know, we're just like every other indie band. But if you want to get famous, you've got to be on Letterman or something along those lines. But for us, we've got Satan. I'm just like, I'm just like, okay. I love it because the thing is, this is 2009. If they would have waited three more years, they could have been on a Magic Dragons like Mumford and Sons wave, dude. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I want to say, I want to say that they dropped. There's the the sword plays the band the sword plays when she's getting out of the lake, and I was there for that. That was the one part of the movie that captivated me. She's nice. like crawling out of the lake after murdering the guy, and the sword is playing. Yeah, one thing I oh, gotta get yeah. the yeah, red for is dope. the soundtrack. The soundtrack though, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the bands weren't that memorable, but I feel like the, just the arrangement of songs they chose was very like representative of that era that they were yeah, trying to do. Definitely. That was very much like the emo era, you mm-hmm. know. Two thousand nine. Hey. Yeah. Shout I mean, out to all my emo kids out there. <laughs> yeah, you like Fall Out Boy and wearing fedoras. Hey, same. I'm in middle school too, dog. <laughs> <laughs> You got those fingerless gloves? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> too real. Too Hot real. topic extensions. Well, I know you. Hey. <laughs> I see you. You got, got those studded belts and eyeliner. I see you. Mm. Hot Topic was fucking popping in 2009, though. I miss old school Hot Topic. It's not the same anymore. No, they, they don't even sell music at Hot Topic. Did you know that? I know. They stopped, they stopped selling yeah. that shit. Fuck. I used to buy vinyl there. Fuck. It's a dark age. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The movie was just not as memorable for me, other than like some very like specific scenes that had like funny lines in them, like when Jennifer gets impaled, and she's just like, "Do you have a tampon?" And she's just like, "What?" Like she looks at her like, "What?" And she's like, "I thought you were plugging." And then she just like <laughs> walks out of the fucking place. I'm just like, "Oh my god." Okay, yeah, I have to give them cred. Like the little like one-liners like cute little zingers those i, I appreciate yeah those, I those appreciate are pretty funny them, yeah. that was also like the probably the third most interesting thing about this movie yeah really though <laughs> I will yeah say, exactly one of my favorite parts is when they get the goth emo kid and she like invites him to the house sad wait wait the funeral that's what i'm getting to yeah, get you. so you have this entire family on the left side mourning you know their son their grandson their net their nephew it's super sad. And then you got their friends, all of them just emo, just fucking, you Those know, like goth fucks. Like fucking like vest, ties, black, leather, studs. Eyeliner. Eyeliner. Maybe a veil or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like, fuck. Our friend, he is going to be with, you know, like the devil like, or whatever. Take me with you. It's to- don't leave me alone. Take me with you to the void and uh, like stuff like that. And just like, like, so I can spread my like dark wings in the void with you and we can live and be dead together. It's just like super cringy shit. Yeah. From, like middle school for sure. <laughs> and then I her- might have said some shit like that back then. <laughs> and her mom is just like the dude's mom is just like the only place my boy is. Is in a mahogany coffin that's gonna go, that's overpriced. <laughs> that's, that's gonna go Real six shit. feet under. Not some fucking fantasy tale where you're flying and dead together. And they're just like, oh shit, 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 we fucked up. <laughs> There's a lot of memorable things in this, like for sure when like uh, Jennifer first seduces the football player. 
and like they're about to fuck in the woods. And he's like, yo, Jennifer, there's the, the animals. There's like a group of fucking animals <laughs> surrounding them like a Disney fucking story. Snow White, is that you? Snow yeah. White. It's just like, yeah, that's cool. You want to fuck? And he's just, she's just going right into it. And like the reaction from the father when they find his dead son, just like, I'm going to staple whoever did this. I'm going to staple their balls to my front door and use them like knockers like some rich person does. Like, why do you think it's a dude? Yeah, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, when John was saying, like, they're kind of like with cults or like with a cult film, they could be like kind of analyzed and like seen as something different as time goes on. Because the thing is, like, Mitch saying, like, what Mitch was saying, he was like saying, you know, this movie, I went to go see it when it came out. I was just like, oh, fuck, some lesbian scenes, some blood and gore. That's fine. But the thing is, it for some people, it could you know seem more as a feminist film in some range because you know both leads are female and they both kill it in their roles. Uh, it definitely is, and it's been labeled as such by the director. So Karin Kusama is the one who did Jennifer's Body. And I, I've gone through like every single movie she's made. And like all of the work she's done for those. So looking at that movie through the lens of like having viewed all of her other films, uh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I was like probably one of the few people I like, I thought everything was awesome for it because of that parody that they ended up making out of it. And once you kind of like, or like, yes, this is like a parody of what normally happens in these films, they then you realize that she was just writing a story that's common in other like media did she do, and then changing she it up. Revenge, did she? No. No, it was a different mind. I don't know no, no. Karen Kusama. Don't, don't even listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. No, she did Girl Fight. She did um, Aeon Flux. Uh, and then she did another movie called Destroyer. And they all have uh, female leads. Okay. So I liked she, yeah. Aeon Flux, though. Yeah. Really? I actually did enjoy Aeon what Flux. What sucks about that movie is she got the like final editing rights taken from her right before uh, the movie ended. So it wasn't supposed to be cut that way. Interesting. And so they were saying, well, they were pretty much saying that that editing fucked the whole movie up because yeah. they had really good, they had shot so much material that they could have made an entirely different movie from that. Wow. I guess, yeah, I guess you're, 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 you are definitely, I guess I can see the, the point where you're sort of parroting the male gaze and stuff like that in this movie, kind of what revenge does also in a way. Right. To a, to a less, to a less, uh, like gratuitous extent. To a less gratuitous extent in this one, or maybe more so. Well, they, what people are arguing is that one, people weren't ready for a film where women are eating men, because yeah. that you don't really see that all that often in no, most not, films. No, not really. And no. it was like literal. <laughs> they yeah, were just like, like tearing apart these dudes. guys. But not only that, these are all guys that were like okay with just being like, yeah, let's just have sex or something. Like that's the only thing they wanted mm -hmm. from her, and so you kind of don't feel bad about these guys getting killed in certain months, except for maybe Chip. Yeah. I didn't really feel any emotional attachment to a lot of the characters, though. Because yeah. Because you're just kind of like, I, who cares? Like, you know, sort oh, of Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's kind of like the thing the thing that I that I got out of it. And I guess that's maybe why I don't, I'm not as into it is because it didn't do as good, in my opinion, didn't do as good of a job as building up characters yeah. or setting a scene. And it was way too, like, it was almost kind of slapsticky and silly. Some of the lines times. for sure, yeah. Yeah, and so that's maybe my my big my big kuvit with it and why I didn't, like, get as into it as much. But I can totally understand why, why people would enjoy this movie, for sure. Um, I have to say, like, I agree with John, the character of Chip, how he died. Right, That's so like sad. she was. That was some straight manipulation. Like yes, she lied know, to him and told your him. Your friend 
said that we would totally be, would have been a cute couple. He's like, really? Like, come with me to the woods. <laughs> like, you want to do this because you're a friend. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I want to make him proud. I love my friend, you know? <laughs> and then he just gets mauled for sure. But the thing is, like, I could see – I could see how someone could say it is a feminist film in a lot of ways. At the same time, it is a it's a is it supposed to be a parody? It is and it isn't. Well, she right? didn't say a parody so much as she described the film as taking a lot of tropes you saw in movies um, in relation to like uh, how couples are together and then their friendship, how that sort of evolves. But she gets a lot of criticism for that as well too. She sort of gives the idea or the impression that if you are more of a Jennifer character, that you're gonna you're going to suffer and pay really dearly for that. And so it's to many people, it felt like she was pushing the agenda that you had to be very pure and virgin, like to be considered like the winner or like the better option. Well, that's the thing. Like Nevi is the the main person in this movie. And she, she does, uh, what's the act? Do you know the actress's name? Amanda Seyfried. She kills it. I know. Yeah. She's in, she's in so many horror films and she's really good. in almost all of them, like there's one where she uh, she plays like a, a call girl who ends up murdering like every client that she sees. It's a really good film. So so definitely Same worth character? it. No, different person, okay. but it's still Amanda Seyfried. She's been in yeah. so much shit. Yeah, she's been in quite a few movies. She was she in was, that like um, really terrible uh, um, Red Riding Hood movie. Ooh. Oh, okay. She was in that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was that was an awful movie. <laughs> um, interesting. No, I, I only I, I recognized her from I haven't seen her in any anything else I don't believe I just remember, I recognize her from Mean Girls and she played kind of like the dumb one, in like the group. She, she did. The, yeah, she played the dumb one. That's interesting because we were mentioning Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. So they're both they're both tied to that. There's some connection like the there. High school the high school drama type of thing. Oh yeah, going totally, on, definitely. Well, because um, you can exaggerate what high school was like because most people don't really remember. Just like a few certain moments stick out to you, and those are the ones that get put into the movie. So for them, it was like meeting, it was hanging out for a bit, and then going to like that party or the the dance at the school. What is the boyfriend's name of Nevi? Chip. Oh, sorry, not Chip. I was talking about the jock. The, like before, I was talking about the jock where he's just like, I love, like my friend, and he died, and he was just like, fuck. Oh dang! I actually don't remember what the names were. Chip, I had a different analysis of because Chip is actually a very wholesome character. Yeah, right. He's wholesome. He's he's, the, he's, he's the, very nice. He's um, like a bargain bin Jem Halpert. Bargain, <laughs> bin, bargain bin Michael Sarah as well. Or yeah, Michael Sarah as well. I mean, I'm just gonna say bargain bin whenever I talk about character actors that are not actors or that are not themselves. But, you know what's funny? I actually saw a video on this. Megan Fox is like, "Yo, he's actually a pretty good kisser, dog." Not gonna lie. <laughs> I was just like, "Ooh, Chip, um, Chippy oh, boy." Wait, wait, wait. He's yeah. He's four minutes. Yeah, Mister Mister four, <laughs> four minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was very interesting because like Nevi and Jennifer are slightly connected in a, in a lot of ways, and so like when she was picturing uh that total emo dude just getting ripped to shreds, she could like feel it. Even though oh, they were right. like miles away, yeah, and Chip's like on top of her, just like, well, it, I think, are you okay? Is this is everything fine? Like, <laughs> he thinks he's doing a good job because <laughs> she's screaming like, "Oh my god!" in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Chip was a very interesting character. Um, a lot of memes with him and Jennifer in that pool. I, the pool was like a big scene for like the directors and cinematographers because the thing was, it was a lot of it was the most stunts in the pool mm-hmm. for sure. 
All right, Bronson, we hear you. There's, there's a cat scratching, but it's okay. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to understand, like, what did you think of the uh, relationship between the band and the town? Because that is a big dynamic of the movie, and it's like hilariously funny. This was such a good parody of all the shitty fucking bands that were out in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the one redeeming quality the movie has. Is it has a good They just shit on it so hard and were telling you like how hard it is to be an indie artist and all these things. Like right before he murders her. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of knife is that? It's a Bowie knife. Oh, nice. Bowie. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's like, that is one hot murder weapon. <laughs> oh, my God. Not only that, he makes a song right oh. before he kills her. He's like, oh, wait, I just thought of something. And then he just goes into the fucking song. <laughs> I love how uh, me and Mitch were talking about it. There's the fangirl who's just in the class. Yeah, who loves low shoulder oh, and, like, yeah. defends them. Can we also talk about the teacher? Because, uh, um, what's that dude's name? He's in Whiplash, for sure. He's, like... Yeah. New- Neumann? <laughs> Newman? N- Newman? It's not my fucking not, time. Not my fucking tempo. It's not my fucking tempo. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, the teacher looks like Mr. Something that's not important, but I believe the actor's name is J.K. Simmons. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wearing an absolutely terrible curly haired wig. Yeah. And and a fake prosthetic. That was arm. fucking amazing. Yeah. But also if you funny. haven't seen Whiplash, go watch that. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, it's a good Whiplash. fucking movie. I love the scene where he flips out. Just like throws the chair. Grabs the chair and throws it at him. <laughs> my favorite part is when he's just like what do you use attitude? Who's trying to fucking sabotage my, my band? band. <laughs> <laughs> and he corners the one guy, and he's like, actually, he wasn't out of time. You were, but he didn't know the difference. The kid's all fucking sad, just looking down. Like, what the fuck are you looking down there? There's no fucking Mars There's bar. There's no Mars bar down there. <laughs> go, go back home and cry to fucking mommy. Get out of my fucking band room. Holy like, shit. Jeez. J.K. Simmons killed it. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure he won so an Oscar for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah des- well deserved. Yes. But in this, he's just, all right, all right, class. So the band Low Shoulder he's has really decided good. He's really good donate, at playing awkward. To donate 3% of their song through the trees to our school and our communities. Let's give it up for those folks. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> this is so bad. Oh, my God. So... Was there any one moment that stood out to you where you're like, this is great. This is a fun, campy movie. I mean, I think I've mentioned them already, but there's the plugging comment, which is pretty great. Or when she gets impaled by Chip, that was pretty great. Um, I suppose, I suppose it's like the, the ending where she gets stabbed. She's just my tit <laughs> and then dies. And that's, that's, that was pretty great. Also. Um, I like, I, the friendship aspect the, of it. I like the intro though, how the movie opens actually was like, was the one thing that really will pull you in is when she's like, they call me the kicker, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's got the, and she's got the bunny slippers, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> that I, was great. I loved that. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, right. It says kicker right on my chart. Yeah. It says kicker. Right I on my love chart. that shit. She's just like, you know, a toastum doesn't have the nutritional daily value. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> just, she Kick fucking the Spartan face. kicks her onto the fucking table. <laughs> Um, this I, is prison. I I will say the uh, entire intro with the band was really enjoyable. Just like how like she like uses herself to like try to get drinks, 
She talks to Chris Pratt. Pratt's just like, I'm going to be a well, cop. Don't what's worry. funnier is that they all are like, she's a virgin, right? Yeah, totally. And she's explaining the whole scene before about how she's not a virgin. <laughs> she's, like, she's just like, she's like, not even a backdoor virgin. <laughs> yeah, I had to sit on peas for like a whole like 10 hours or something, something along those lines. <laughs> Chris Pratt, you dog. You dog, Chris Pratt. We didn't know you. And now yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Honestly, Dwyer. <laughs> Mr. Dwyer. I feel like that was probably my favorite scene too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I like the bar scene because like it, it reminds me of a totally trashy just like fucking uh dive bar in the middle of fucking midwest america yeah like some some spot in illinois that just outside of chicago i felt yeah fucking real shit right there mm-hmm. um i do like how like needy just like checks it's on fire and she's like wow that's on fire but i'm not gonna fucking say anything i'm just gonna watch and you're just like needy fucking do something man people are dying i hate that shit though like oh when everyone's God. like burning and just like running out like oh, i'm fucking dying I, I do think Jennifer's uh picks were kind of kind of sad though like the the foreign exchange student oh right all the dudes she ends oh. up killing yeah she kind of just she kills some dudes that are bad and other ones that are not really so like does your middle. does your for, does your like host family know you're alive no oh right he just shakes his head no does does your real family know you're alive no does anyone know you're alive nope nope all right come to the woods with me real quick just eat some like, fuck and she becomes like um full like when she is full she is like normal yeah it like helps her glamour she, oh, she ends up like rotting yeah because she is not a sucky but she's something else uh um, well Nidhi it just explains it in a book well she just says that the the demon's soul lives inside of her on like until she gets killed i guess i do like how a needy ghost and is like hey look at this this is totally what fucking jennifer is and he's like, where'd you find this? The occult section in the library. We have an occult section? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's really, really small. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of memorable lines. Yeah, the thing film. is, like, it was funny. It even, was... even though this was, like, really funny to me and I enjoyed a lot of it, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And the thing is, like, I've never seen the movie before. So maybe in theaters I would have not enjoyed it as much. Uh, oh, maybe. I liked that they created their own slang for the film. There's only a few movies that kind of do that where they they really create their own universe. And in this case, they were using really weird slang. Like she she was using like salty as a compliment to like talk about dudes. Oh, wow. That's a weird. That's a weird read on that. too. But it was great because she ended up eating them. So like it was the nice reference to food. Yeah, no, no, no. That yeah, just, yeah. That's just like, that's just like clever reference. writing yeah. right there as well. Well, they were also flipping it so that mo- so most times people or men refer to women, they almost relate it to food most of the time. So it was a, it was both a flop of that and then some foreshadowing later where she's actually going to eat these guys. I want to know what you guys thought of the uh, ending of the movie. Like where she gets out of jail or when she kills Jennifer? When she kills, you know, when she kills Jennifer and then leads up to the jail. Well, she finds out something new. She's like, I bet all these occultists didn't know that if someone bites you, you get some of that power. So she kind of gets oh. like a hella boost. You know what? That that is my favorite part was the end. <laughs> I wish I wish they went into more detail with the end. I wish it wasn't just a series of still photos where yeah. she's like murdering the band that did all yeah. of this. I wish they made a whole like thirty minute section just for her like killing their ass. Yeah, Even, some revenge shit. Yeah, just oh, like yeah. So, yeah, that would have been pretty good of her just running through and just murking all of these guys. Would yes, have been I will say the the big payoff for that credit scene though is when all the fangirls 
rush into their hotel room. Oh, she's yeah. She's just walking out with the sweatshirt. like. Yeah. And you can hear how their screams change. It goes yeah. from screams of excitement to screams of, oh, my God, they're all covered in blood and guts. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the main singer has the Bowie knife in his yeah. fucking stomach. Stabbed yeah. in it. No, he stabbed in the heart. Oh, the heart. Just like how he stabbed Jennifer. Ooh. Ooh. That's cool. Right. So that's what they decided. And it was a really good end. Credit. I thought it was yeah. really insane, though, because, like, Needy as a person, she's, like, you know, I, she's witnessed all this shit. Like, Jennifer go from a person that she's grown up with her entire life at the sandbox, as she says. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, they could easily make another movie if they wanted to. Yeah, they could have. They probably... they Because they, they I, I don't think Jennifer's dead. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they go through, like, you know, you and me, we were friends since the sandbox days. And, like, they even go, like, they have a couple scenes like that. Or, like, remember when we used to play, like, girlfriend and boyfriend and shit? And, like, um, I think it's interesting because, like, Needy kind of gets fucked near the end other than the supernatural powers. Yeah, they definitely pandered to a lot of people by including a lesbian kiss scene in the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, too, but... oh, It's a big reason I wanted to watch it. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> High <Yeah>. five. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> like um when needy you know she does the final blow and just like box cutter through the heart you know yeah and then i fucking mom... love that line you know what this is it's a box cutter <laughs> you know what it's used for cutting boxes and just stabs her <laughs> you're like what the fuck yeah. you're like, so you're, like yeah, you're not a killer anyways <laughs> i i love how it's like oh yeah i killed the succubus like i've done the thing that needs to be done like we could have a good ending now and then her mom's like, Jennifer, is everything all wrong? Just sees Needy in a hoodie with a fucking box cutter in her fucking daughter's heart. And you're just like, shit. There's no fucking rest. And then she gets, you know, thrown into the insane asylum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I was like, wait, what did, what did happen after that? She kind of just stays there. She doesn't really try to run or anything. She, she busts out of the insane. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, she busts out later. No, you, no, like right after going, she girl? killed Jennifer. Oh, yeah, no, she just kind of stays there and is yeah. like, she like lays down and is like, it's done. Yeah, relieved. Yeah. Where are you going, girl? Oh, yeah. I catch a band. Yeah? Which band? Well, I'm trying to catch them on their final show. Yeah. Fuck. And then credits oh. roll. And then they pull off from the low shoulder. Oop. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Ah, so fucking cheesy. Dude. Get it? It's their final show of the tour. Ah Cheese ball. I love how the bassist also acts as well. That's another thing. He's just like, dude, you're my bassist. You know I have feelings, man. <laughs> like, you're right. Oh, man, that's awesome. Did you guys have any other final thoughts about the film? Not particularly. I mean, it's a, it's a fun, silly watch that you watch with some popcorn and your friends. Like, if you're watching all by yourself, I question um, what you're doing with your life. Um, <laughs> a little bit, maybe. But with your friends, I think that's the optimal viewing that you want to see with it. As a product it. of 2009, it, it hits the head on the nail. You mean nail on the head? Correct. <laughs> you, you Correct. Hit, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was, yeah, I agree. It, it definitely brought me back to, you know, those good old 
middle school, high school days. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah. And the thing is, like, with, like, I'm, I'm thinking now with, like, modern audiences, they probably wouldn't relate to something like this. Yeah. It's, it's more of, like, a, a, a niche kind of thing. If you grew up with emo shit, you'll, 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 you'll like it. <laughs> What'd you think, John? Uh, I definitely liked The Craft more than I liked this one, but I actually ended up, like, I watched them with so much time separated that I hadn't related either one, and then watching them again, I'm like, oh, they actually do have a lot of similarities. So it was like, there was intentional copying from other films, like Mean Girls definitely copied The Craft, like, mm-hmm. with so many scenes and the way they interacted with each other. Even, like, just the base storyline was pretty much the same. Yep. So they ended up just kind of taking that formula that worked really well and making it something that was way more popular than than the craft originally was like mean girls now is is like a cult film that it was also really mainstream popular i mean i mean you could say the craft kind of follows the hero's the hero's journey sort of idea as well with her you know you know oh yeah the with hero sarah. shows up yeah with sarah sarah yeah. follows the hero's journey yeah. really easily and whatnot and then maybe not i don't know jennifer's body kind of got it too a little bit yeah no they both had it but I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, so that's all I gotta say. Before I let everybody go, I just want to remind everyone we're super easy to find on all of these streaming services. So we're on Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio, as well as SoundCloud. So you can check all of those and go listen to the latest podcast. We're also on social media as far as Facebook and Instagram goes, as well as our Twitter. So feel free to comment, give us suggestions, or tell us if you've missed something. But I hope everyone has a good night. Thanks for having us, John. Night to night, y'all. Good night.